It's another episode of Just For Sport. Happy New Year 2021. Our first show here for the Props Network for Just For Sport. Thank you very much for watching on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. Really appreciate it. We'll be live every Monday and Thursday here at noon. And then, of course, you also can listen to it as a podcast. So thank you very much for people who subscribe to the show, listen, fans of the show. Really appreciate it. Of course, you can join us on the chat. If you would like to be a part of the conversation, we always have the chat there. Um, can't believe it's 2021. I've got to get used to saying that. And I tell you what, from a sports perspective, I kind of enjoyed this new year so far. At least everything except for college football, which I'll get into later. Got a lot to talk about this show. First, of course, we're going to, you know, as I always open the show, uh, we're talking NFL during the season. That's where we start. Uh, it's it's different from NBA and baseball. You know, there are multiple games throughout the week. But, you know, when you talk about football, Happy New Year, Dexter. When you talk about football, you know that it really comes down to one day, Sunday. Yeah, there's a game on Monday and Thursday, but it's Sunday. So it's a lot to talk about on Monday. We'll get into football um, and then we're going to talk uh, college football and basketball with Bo, because he knows both. And then my early observations from the NBA, watching NBA picks and props with Dexter Henry, uh, listening to the walk-on. I got my own predictions, but I like what they have to say about where we are with uh, the National Basketball Association. But last night, Steph Curry made a statement. And I'm going to talk about Steph Curry as well. And then Devil's Advocate. I'm still trying to figure out. I got it down to two different topics I want to go into Devil's Advocate. And sports you don't care about. I think you're going to be a little surprised with the sport that I'm saying you don't care about. But really you don't. But you should. You should. But you don't. Maybe some of you. But anyway, okay. Let's start with the NFL. So, of course, as you know. Uh, I I started my New Year's resolution. Every day I'm going to be making a pick. I decided not to make the Washington football team my pick yesterday. Because I want to just enjoy the game. Of course, I want the Washington football team to win. Happy the Steelers are in the playoffs as well. That's kind of like my NFC and AFC teams. So I'm happy that they won as well. But for me, I wanted to be able just to just enjoy the game. And Doug Peterson, thank you so much for allowing the Washington football team fans to not only enjoy the game, but to know that the Eagles, no, it wasn't fly, Eagles fly. Doug Peterson clipped your wings. It was more like dive, Eagles die, or die, Eagles die. But I was trying to be nice, say dive, Eagles die, because there's no rhyme or reason in my mind why you didn't have Jalen Hurts in there. It was hurting the Eagles fans. (laughs) Dexter Henry Henry said Giants fans hate Doug Peterson right now. I mean, not only do Giants fans hate Doug Peterson, 
but I'm watching the broadcast and let me know if Bo, you jump on here, Dexter's online, whoever else is watching the live stream. I found it fascinating to see how much the broadcast was buying into not just doing play-by-play of the game, but doing a play-by-play of the tweets from the Giants fans. I mean, Giants players. I guess Giants fans, too. They were watching the vitriol from all the Giants fans. But they were, like, putting up all of the tweets from the Giants players as they were watching the game. Yeah, and Michelle Tafoya was having a a nice conversation with, who was it, Golden Tate throughout the game? Yes! I was just amazed at where we are. Thank you, Bo with the sports broadcast that it's not even about the game anymore it really became about the fourth quarter giants i mean eagles tanking giants fans being upset giants players being upset go one and up today i like that mug (laughs) that's really good um but i was just I was, thank you very much, because the watching football fans, we were like, yes, not only did you put in the greatness that is uh, Nate Sudfeld, former Washington football team draft pick at that, the fact that he threw an interception his first possession, and then, what was it, the fumble, the next possession, I was more upset that Washington kept giving the ball back with Alex Smith throwing an interception and then the fumble. It's like, no, you can't get – Sutfeld is giving us the game. Let us have the game. It was was a hearty game of hot potato there. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, right, I just don't understand. I get that you want to put Sudfeld in there. I get the tanking thing, right? You know, I'm a supporter of a certain other team in the New York area, right? I have mixed feelings on that, but it's all over, said and done now. Why do you want to see more from Nate Sudfeld, right? Wouldn't you rather evaluate Jalen Hurts further? It seems like this is the big question for the Eagles this offseason is what are you going to do with Carson Wentz? What are you going to do with Jalen Hurts? Are you going to go into next year – you know, trying to go maybe a little Miami style with a two-headed dragon there with Wentz and Hurts. Are you going to move on from Wentz who you gave this massive extension, massive guaranteed contract to and go forward with your second-round pick in Jalen Hurts? I feel like if you're going to use this fourth quarter to evaluate somebody, you're not using it to evaluate the right person. And that's where it becomes into the blatant really trying to lose this game for Doug Peterson. I cannot figure out if you are a Jets fan, you had a chance to get Trevor Lawrence. I am curious if what the Eagles are going to do, and if there was a betting line on it, on NFL.com, Dexter Henry said, Bo, you're spot on. The Jets messing up tanking this year caused me to be done with them. I have now taken my fandom to the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about that, Dexter? Pittsburgh Steelers. Not a bad team to root for. Oh, I see it right there. Oh, wow. Look at that chat. Oh, wow. That's new. Good job. That's awesome. Way to go, Restream. 
Here's where I think Philadelphia is going. And I assume that Doug Peterson and Jeffrey Lurie are on the same page about this. I can only assume they're on the same page about this. They're going to package wins and send them to to the Jacksonville Jaguars for the number one pick. And by why on earth would the Jaguars do that? That's the only thing I could think of because if you're Philadelphia, it's like it's not like by you losing this game yesterday that it helped your draft stock to the point that you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. No, but you could get, you know, a Jamar Chase or a Devonta Smith compared to somebody else. I think they moved up three spots in the draft by losing that three, game. Three spots. And if you moved up three spots, you can move up higher if you put Carson Wentz with it. I guess that's what you're thinking. I mean, in my mind, it is the only people who are upset and Dexter can chime in on this because I'm sure he's going to be like, yes or no. This is all New York media driven. That's all it is. Because it's the Giants, it's like, oh my gosh, the Eagles tanked. They gave up on the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, If you can improve your draft stock, and if you're Eagles fans, which team do you hate more, the Washington football team or the Giants? Okay, now we get to destroy the Giants. Okay, if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm just like, look, I am playing for my draft stock, for what the Eagles need to do. And I know online, oh, we're talking about the integrity of the league. It's a disgrace. How is it any more of a disgrace than any other team? How about when I'm going way back here, but if I remember correctly, Weren't the Indianapolis Colts like 15 and 0 with Peyton Manning? Maybe even he was it was 16 and 0. And they no, it had to be 15 and 0. And then they sat because they knew they were going to get the number one seed in the playoffs. So they sat Peyton Manning the last game of the season. If I remember correctly, didn't they lose that game? So their levels of integrity. If you're the Jets. And you could have just had an 0-16 season, but the integrity for Adam Gates, for the players on the Jets to say, no, we don't want to be an 0-16 team. So we're going to win a game. Every, every Sunday, we play to, hello, you play to win the game. Herman Edwards, right? How is that any different here? was different because they played to lose the game. They were tanking. But for Doug Peterson, I maybe, who knows? It could have been a phone call from Jeffrey Lurie at the start of the fourth quarter. Hey, we don't want to win. What are you doing? Just sit Jalen Hurts. Just, just put him down. We don't need to win this game. Let's just throw Sudfeld out there. He played awful. And thank you for Washington. All right, we can't keep focusing on this. And I know it's like the entire topic of conversation, but, you know, the Chargers, they let Anthony Lynn go. Yeah, I mean, how many games can he lose in the fourth quarter where you're like, hey, these are poor coaching decisions. But I will say that it's going to be discussed. Does a minority coach have a shorter leash than a non-minority coach. 
I don't have all of the stats on it, but I'm sure after after this show where I'm going to read some articles that break down the number of minority coaches that are done after a season or don't even get considered for head coaching. So Anthony Lynn's done after four seasons with the Chargers. Was four seasons enough? I think it probably was. Doug Marone's out after four season with four seasons with the Chargers. So to Bo's point, which job is the better job? You know what? I feel like I may take the the Jaguars job. Who was paying attention to Jacksonville, really? Right? Do you want to be the LA Chargers? You're gonna get a lot of attention. Houston, you got JJ Watt looking over your shoulder every single day because now it seems like he's a he's a LeBron James of Houston. I run this franchise. Or you can go down to Jacksonville where you're gonna get you're gonna get uh well, I don't know. Do you is he really the number one quarterback out there now? Do you want Trevor Lawrence? Who are you blaming for what happened with Clemson in the college football playoff? Maybe you don't. But Jacksonville might be the better. And the taxes in Florida, huh? I think Florida, the Jacksonville Jaguars, both laughing. Jacksonville Jaguars may be the best job. After a game, you got a swimming pool. You, when, when the fans leave the arena, you empty out the swimming pool, put some fresh water in there, and just sit in the pool looking out at your stadium. Heck, you can have practice in there and sit in the pool. I like Jacksonville, but what do you think? That SoFi Stadium doesn't have a swimming pool? The the the, the new stadium in L.A.? It does? I don't know. Oh, I, I, I mean, so. they spent you know, a couple billion dollars on it. I'm sure there's a swimming pool somewhere in it. I, I think it's an interesting question because it's about, I think for, you know, coaching candidates, right? It's about how much control do you have? What kind of roster are you getting? And I think there's kind of two different ends of the spectrum here. When you look at a job like Jacksonville, where they're out of a GM too. So, you know, if you're going in there, how much control of the roster are you going to have? Who's the GM you're going to be working with? Obviously you have the number one pick and potentially Trevor Lawrence to work with because, look, he's still the number one overall pick. Um, you know, No matter what happened in that single playoff game, which can probably be attributed to, if you look at most media and social media, probably be attributed to uh, Coach Sweeney ranking uh, Ohio State 11th in his coach's poll. We will get I into think, that. I think that's overblown. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, but then you look at a job like Houston or L.A. where you have a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. L.A. did a good job bringing Justin Herbert in. You have Deshaun Watson locked up for the significant future down in Houston. But then it becomes, you know, what do you have to do around them? And mm -hmm. for me, if you're looking at those two jobs specifically, Houston and L.A., I'm going to take L.A. over Houston because Houston has the number three pick in the NFL draft, except they don't because they traded it to Miami for Laramie Tunsil who is doing a stand-up job protecting Deshaun Watson. It's just he can't you know, catch the ball from Deshaun Watson. He can't play in the secondary on the other side of the ball from Deshaun Watson. There are a lot of issues that need to be addressed on that Houston team, as J.J. Watt has said, and I don't think that they have enough capital to do it given the trades, you know, sending uh, DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona, you know, making that big move for uh, Laramie Tunsil. You look at L.A., they still have a top uh, – I think they're either the 12th 
pick overall. That's still a decent pick. This is a deep draft. You're going to have an opportunity to improve there. And that's much better than, you know, not having that capital that Bill O'Brien shipped out before he was shipped out. I, I think that roster, I agree. I would say Houston may be the better team, um, at least from the quarterback perspective. Um, hey Bear, Herbert, I want to call him like Bobby Hey Bear, Herbert. I just I don't know if I want to do the LA thing. Um, I think in this situation, maybe if you're looking at the success of the younger coaches out there, it's not going to be a retread coach. It's going to be someone new. And in my mind, why not start? with a fresh slate. You know that Jacksonville has a chance to get a quarterback. The number one pick. The franchise is very important and it would be a perfect opportunity for you to come in and you and the quarterback start at the same time. You're on the same page. You can move in the same direction with the GM. And I think Jacksonville is like, what do we have to lose? In Houston, you're looking over your shoulder like what could have been or looking at the pass and wondering, well, we got a great defense. In the Chargers, you're like, man, imagine if we still have Phillip Rivers or if we didn't lose, you know, seven of the games that we lost by three points. You know, I just feel like Jacksonville really gives you a fresh start. And if I am, as they're talking, you know, Eric Bieniemy, Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern. Uh, who else? You know, maybe uh, who's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, you know, if if uh, some uh, Mike Kafka from the Chiefs. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has been talked about, right? And then maybe now you can say, okay, let me find the right GM and right head coach, or they're packaged together. I mean, I know I just said no retreads, but I'm sure someone's thinking about a Marvin Lewis out there that, you know, he wants to come back and coach. I, I just feel like if I'm in this situation, I think I may take Jacksonville. I think that's where I might go. But it'll be interesting. Um, there were so many good games yesterday. I can't quite make up my mind what was the best game Besides watching football team winning, I think I like the Titans. Travis Henry, 2,000 yards on the season, and then a game-winning field goal that doink off of the, the goalposts and goes in for the win. That was pretty exciting to me. Um, and I like, I feel like when we talk about running backs being in a situation where, you know, they're a dime a dozen. They can, you know, you can plug in anyone here or there. It was good to see someone in a Travis Henry as they beat the Houston Texans. We're talking about Houston, 41 to 38 uh, at Tennessee. So it was a nice way to end the home game. Um, I do have to admit, you know, my pick yesterday was the toughest pick I could possibly try to make. Um, I said Rams, take the Rams over the Cardinals to win and cover. I think I said take the over, though. That was the only bummer. But but the Rams did win 18-7. to 7. The 
The Raiders-Broncos game was a good game, 32-31, although nothing mattered. Drew Brees made a statement beating the Carolina Panthers. The Saints won 33-7, saying, I'm back. I got this. Chargers beating the Chiefs, I don't know. Chiefs laying down. They're getting ready for the playoffs. Colts needed a win. They got that over the Jaguars, 28-14. Packers are dominating performance over the Bears, 35-16, but the Bears back into the playoffs. They get lucky. So unfortunately, um, or fortunately for the Bears, whether you're a fan or not, you wanted that head coach, you're going to get him back for another season. The Giants beating the Cowboys. Giants thought they had a shot to make the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. Not. Washington's in at 7-9. and nine. The Steelers and Browns. That game was exciting based on the fact that the Browns won. And now they have to come to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers in the first playoff game. That'll be interesting. Um... Do I think the Browns have a shot? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. But there were just some really good games yesterday. The Ravens, I mean, they crushed the Bengals 38-3, to and the Bills crushed the Dolphins 56-26. to But when I look at the futures of who will be the – well, let's first, before we talk about the championship winner – Who will win the NFC? You can get the Packers at plus 165, Saints plus 275, Buccaneers plus 400, Seahawks plus 450, Rams at plus 1,300, Bears at plus 4,000, Washington football team at plus 4,000. I think if you're looking for a sleeper pick, You can't go as low as the Rams because, unfortunately, unfortunately, they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, they got the win, but we don't know what's going to happen if there's a chance that they're going to get Jared Goff back. We have to keep playing. We have to keep seeing what's going to happen there. Dexter says the Steelers are a great value. I think the best value in the NFC, I'm going to say Seahawks at plus 450. I think that the Steelers are a good value. I'm going to say Dexter. I'm going to say good value at plus 1,000 because I wonder what the Titans can do with a better running game, a decent defense at plus 1,400. A younger quarterback, I just feel like I don't know what we're going to get in Ben Roethlisberger, but I like it at plus 1,000. Hey, you can hedge your bets. Dexter said he actually meant the Seahawks are a great value. That's who I like at plus 450 because you're sleeping on them, and they have a solid team. They got a good running game. Wide receiver core, I mean, come on. Who are we talking about here? DK Metcalf, arguably the best wide receiver in football. But I think, I mean, you know, there's some argument there with Stefan Diggs, of course. But I like the Seahawks at plus 450. 
I could see the Steelers at plus 1,000, but with some question marks about their offense, can they get it going? Boy, I like the Titans at plus 1,400, but then also don't overlook the Ravens. At least of late, they've looked better. They look like they are ready to go. I mean, Lamar Jackson looks like, okay, I've recovered. I'm good to go from the from the coronavirus. Let's do this. So I like him there. And the thing is, like, to me, I'm always looking for a long shot. So, I mean, do you take the Chiefs at minus 115? That seems like that's too that's too easy. You want to do something different. I know they're talking about the Bills have the best shot to to upset the Chiefs, but I like the Ravens at plus 600. And if you want an even longer shot, I like the Titans at plus 1,400. I think that's where you go. And then to actually win the Super Bowl, Bo, can you pull up the futures on the Props Network? If you're looking at who can win the Super Bowl, I feel like I want to wait on that. Can we wait? Do we have to make that prediction right now? I think it's easy to say the Chiefs are the favorite. And I don't want to discredit the Chiefs as being that, you know, a dominant team the way that they are. You know, I'm not trying to say, oh, the Chiefs are not good. But if you're trying to look at value of who can be the NFC championship winner and the AFC championship winner, then I would say let's try to look at a long shot and see where the Chiefs are. But for the Super Bowl, again, looking at a long, if you're not so much looking at thinking of who the winner is for the AFC championship. I mean, again, I look at the Seahawks. Bo, the Seahawks, that's good value. Yes? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, 1,300, I'll take that. I what, what, what shocks me is that they have the Steelers in both the AFC and the Super Bowl odds is that the Steelers are much lower than the Ravens. I mean, you're talking about the Ravens at plus 1,100, the Steelers at plus 2,200. I mean, the Steelers won both of those matchups this year. Yeah. They won yeah. the division. So I don't I don't know what you know they're seeing there in terms of odds. I guess the fact that maybe the Ravens are playing a little bit better as of late. But I think a healthy Steelers come the playoffs is going to be a lot different than what we saw from Pittsburgh the last four weeks. The only thing for me is what's a healthy Steelers team? If you have lost Devin Bush. And Bud Dupree. And then Bud Dupree. And then uh, who was Bud Dupree, Devin Bush's backup? Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Spillane. Spillane's out. I think he and might he come be back. back you think he'll be back for the playoffs? I'm not sure. I don't if he's that. back, I'll buy that for a dollar. 
if he's well, not back, the, I don't know. And then the thing was towards the end of the year, they had the, the COVID issues with Pouncey, with James Conner, with Vince Williams, who's the yeah. third string at that linebacker spot with Bush and Spillane. If you can hedge your bets, you can put money on the Steelers at plus 2,200. I mean, the gap between the Seahawks at plus 1,300 and the Steelers at plus 2,200, heck yeah, I'm putting money on the Steelers. I, if, you're, if you're talking about pure long shots, right, I, I don't see a better long shot than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah. It, incredible thinking. value at plus 2,200. And I, I think they're being, you know, a little bit underrated, especially yeah. compared to the odds for, you know, a, a Baltimore. There's definitely some value there at plus 2,200. Um, Titans, I do still like the Titans at plus 2,800, but I don't see them being able to beat the Chiefs if they were in the championship game unless Travis Henry has a heck of a game. But uh, I just don't see it. I just don't know. Yeah. The thing is, what are the Bucks going to no, do? No, no. The Washington football team at plus 10,000. Oh, oh, man. That's Alex, Alex hey. Smith, just, the Washington football team, just lucky to be there. Yeah. I think I think that matchup next week with Brady is going to be more interesting than people think. Really? Okay. So I like here, I like Washington's defensive line against against that Bucks O line. I I agree with you. Also, for the fact that if I am Tom Brady and I can't run, I do not like the thought of Chase Young. Young yeah. against old. I think that's going to be, that's to me, one of the most intriguing individual matchups in this week of wildcard playoff games is two top 15 picks. Tristan Wirfs for Tampa Bay, their mm-hmm. tackle against He's Chase worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good matchup. And I think if Mike Evans ends up not playing, watch out for Antonio Brown. They still have Chris Godwin, too. Chris Godwin. Yeah, they do Gronk. have Chris Godwin. Gronk. Gronk. Yep, yep. So it'll be it'll be a good game. But by the I, way, did you see did you see um A B made like 250 grand in week 17 because Brady kept throwing to him? What? No, I didn't yeah. see that. He I had, he had one of those like contract incentives. Wow. How about that? Good for him. I was going to talk about the free beer in Detroit, and we didn't talk about Adam Gase and the Jets parting ways, but we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do a read here when we come back. We're going to do Bo knows college football and college basketball. I got a lot to ask him about. I do. I really do. The Props Network is a place where bets begin. No, the Props Network isn't a sports book. It's where smart bettors and new players go before the sports book. Before. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all bettors need. Exclusive sign-up bonuses, reporting on weekly promos, free betting picks, and live odds comparison for every game. A visit to thepropsnetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering with the best available bonus and biggest and getting the biggest possible payout if your bets hit. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got great content. Follow Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for updates all week from me on Just for Sport and the rest of the Props Network team. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. Must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
today. Oh boy. Okay. College football. The main question I have for this segment is how devastating it is for the ACC. I went into the semifinals of the college football playoffs thinking at least one ACC team is going to get in. Bo, nothing. Nothing. What happened? What What was your thoughts on, well, Notre Dame, I didn't think they had a shot, but Clemson, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I don't, we didn't do our, um, you know, how'd we do earlier in the show. So I guess we should do it now. We were a little bit better than the ACC. We at least got a couple wins under our belt there, but it was a rough stretch for us as well. Cause, you know, I think, did you have, I think you might have had Ohio State with the back door, but I was on Clemson. Um, I think most people were on Clemson. I don't have the DraftKings numbers in front of me, but I would imagine it was somewhere in terms of, you know, close to 60, 70%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody expected that. Anybody expected, you know, the how dramatic that difference was between Ohio State from the Northwestern game and between Clemson from how they looked dismantling Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. It was crazy because going into the game, I think everybody thought it was going to be Clemson. And I know we said we're going to talk about this. I think Dabo Sweeney, talk too much i really do even if it you want to because i think the only other thing you could say is that ohio state is just a better team if you don't want to acknowledge that unfortunately he gave way too much bulletin material to clemson i mean based on DraftKings, they were favored at seven and a half 70 percent of the handle was for clemson 60% of the bets were going to Clemson. The over, 82% of the bets had the over at 66 and a half. But the money line at minus 295, 70%, 76% of the bets were for Clemson. Everyone thought Clemson had it. And I can't think of another explanation outside of just point blank Ohio State is better other than Dabo should just, why? Why do that? Why give him bulletin board material? If it was a player, he would have been critiquing him, right? Yeah. I I think that this is an interesting debate. Um, We talked about it a little bit on our last show um, before the new year because I thought it was a little bit overblown. Maybe I was wrong. You know, look, Ohio State clearly had a lot of motivation. I think we saw that picture of, you know, Justin Fields walking in um, to his off-season workouts with the this Fiesta Bowl score from last year on a screen. Mm-hmm. You know, Ohio State was clearly motivated for this game, and they clearly got more motivated um, because of Sweeney's comments. I think, um, you know, what I said last week was if Ohio State needs Dabo Sweeney ranking them at 11 to get up for this game, then Ryan Day has a problem. And I think what it turned into is they were already up for it. And this just kind of gave them maybe that little bit of an extra push, a little bit of an extra shove to get over the line and really play angry. I mean, they played hard. They played aggressive. Justin Fields stood in there. He took some shots and was still throwing a, a beautiful deep ball to Chris Olave. I mean, Ohio State looked deadly. And I think that this might hopefully – might turn into one of the most competitive championship games we've seen in a couple of years. 
because I I don't know Ohio State. My all right, I'll put it like this: my thoughts on Ohio State were kind of based off of what I'd seen from them throughout the season, and they switched on their championship gear in this playoff game. They switched on a gear we really hadn't seen from them in this Big Ten season in the championship game against Northwestern, and I think that's a big, big step for Ryan Day and this Buckeyes team going up against Alabama in the championship game. I agree with you that Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes technically didn't need any more motivation. I think that from an athlete perspective, even when you watch it, remember watching The Last Dance and how the slightest of hints, anything that you need for motivation, the player's going to use it. And it's just like, just don't give them fuel. Don't put any fuel on the fire. That's And that's what Dabo did. I think, I forget who said it. Um, I want to give him credit, but I just can't remember. You know, they were talking about Dabo Sweeney's, you know, one of the best motivators in football today. It's just this week he happened to motivate Ohio State. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, let's look at the actual championship game. What are you... What are your thoughts on the early lines for, um, I was about to say Clemson, Alabama, but it's not. It's Ohio State, Alabama. The line opened at minus seven. That game is Monday. So we're going to have a Monday show talking a lot of NFL and uh, a lot of college football. But the line opened at minus seven for Alabama. You can get it at eight and a half on Bet Rivers and Unibet. Still at seven and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, that's intriguing. I think that that the number I'm looking at is 76 in with the over under. Opened at 76 and a half, down to 76. That is a large, large number. I I don't know. I'm kind of I think I'll have a more ironed out bet you know maybe thursday or (laughs) uh, you know monday on our on our next show before this game i'm leaning ohio state in points right now wow i am i think i think that they've shown that they can keep up offensively if it's the same kind of style of play we saw from them against clemson alabama's defense has not been alabama's defense that we're used to the last couple of Weeks We saw them give up, uh, you know, 30-something to a Florida team that was struggling. I mean, a Florida team that got walloped the week before against LSU and they got walloped in their bowl game in the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma. They still put up 30 – I think they put up more points on Alabama than Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to have maybe a little bit of concern about Alabama's defense. The way Ohio State has run the ball the last two weeks with Trey Sermon – he looks like an absolute deadly back. I mean, you remember the last Alabama Ohio State game, the Sugar Bowl, where Ezekiel Elliott ran, you know, roughshed through the Alabama defense. I think mm-hmm. Trey Sermon can have, you know, a similar sort of impact um, for Ohio State. And the way that opened up Ohio State's offense and allowed Justin Fields to make plays down the field, I think that's going to be a big advantage for Ohio State. I'm leaning towards the over, even at 76. And I'm starting to lean towards Ohio State in points. Wow. Okay. I My concern for thinking that Ohio State can have the same kind of magic they had in this game is because they were focused on, we want to beat Clemson because of ah. the past. And 
I think that they got up for that game. The other thing that I don't like is a gap between games. I, lo- I love it for Ohio State. Really? Justin Fields gets to heal his ribs. Well, that's true. Okay. From that perspective, yeah. Remember we were talking about Justin Fields as a good long shot for the Heisman. If he wins this game. Well, the votes have been tallied. Huh? The votes they, have been counted. Well, but the thing is, though, I mean, if he wins this game, I, I feel like he is going to be the darling of the draft, maybe, that maybe you're looking at a Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, we were talking about the tanking earlier and how the Jets failed, right? Yeah. This is playing out perfectly for them. Because if Justin Fields, you know, maybe wins this game, has another great performance, even in a loss, even if the Jets don't like Fields at two, you're looking at, you know, maybe an RG3-ish trade for them out of that two spot. Yeah. If Douglas doesn't love Fields, they've talked – Schefter had that tweet yesterday where he was reporting that New York is going to make some sort of a big move, whether it's mm-hmm. trading Darnold or whether it's trading the two the, the second overall pick. Justin Fields playing his way into that conversation does nothing but good for the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like him. I like him. Justin Fields. Let's see what he does. All right, let's go to college basketball. I'm not really watching. I I watched Ohio State. I'm sorry, Iowa, Iowa State. Excuse me. God, I'm messing up. Iowa at Rutgers. I watched Great that game. game. My game. prediction was take Iowa to win and cover at minus three. Of course, they barely won and only by two. So and they had a missed free throw down the line that would have saved I, us. Oh my gosh, that was so this way. And great job by you. I enjoyed seeing you. Thank that you. was really cool. That was fun. Um you you're you're using my line too. I love it for your viewing and betting pleasure. Yeah, right? well, we had some um we had some feedback on that. I think we gotta you you can keep it. I'll put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um but I liked Rutgers. Watching yeah. them, I was surprised at how good they were in a weird year that you don't, you know, who is the best team? You had Gonzaga, who we thought they were going to play. Uh, was it Iowa, right? And we thought Iowa. Uh, Baylor. Be- Baylor, sorry, Baylor. And they didn't play them, right? That was they, a did, they did play Iowa. And, they, and we took Baylor. Off them. Right? That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I like this Rutgers team. Do I like them at Michigan State? Yes. Yes? Yeah. Michigan. I mean, Michigan State has struggled this year, um, to be quite frank. Um, You know, it's not – Tom Izzo is replacing a lot. Uh, Our our boy uh, – the name is slipping my mind right now. The – the point guard, Cassius Winston. Cassius Winston, who's, who's on, on the, the Washington Wizards, Wizards right exactly. now. I'm, first of all, I love that pick for the Wizards. I think once he eventually gets playing time, he'll he'll prove that he's a decent second rounder. Um, Michigan State has struggled, I think. You know, you have a guy like Rocket Watts who's up and down from a scoring perspective on the wing. It just hasn't been the best season for Tom Izzo and the Spartans. They've mm-hmm. lost a couple games. Um, their big win was against Duke who are really struggling this season. Yeah. Um, I, I really like – I'm trying to find the line here. It's not coming up too easy for me, but I do like Rutgers even on the road yeah. um, in this game. I think that they have proved that they are a top 15 team 
easily. Um, I think a win against Iowa maybe would have taken them easily into the top 10, maybe into the top eight conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I talked about on our on our pick show for the Props Network here was the big thing I saw from Rutgers the last time, the last big matchup they had was against Ohio State, where Miles Johnson, their impact big, fouled out really early in that game. Questionable call, but still, they really missed his impact, and it really showed as it was nearly a 20-point swing towards Ohio State once he fouled out. He had a great game against Luca Garza, again, the best player in college basketball. Yeah, He has been such a great impact player down low for Rutgers. You got Ron Harper Jr. out wide. They can score. They play really good defense, and they don't turn the ball over. It's a recipe for success, even in the best conference in college basketball, the Big Ten. ESPN's Basketball Power Index says Michigan State has a 62.3% chance of winning that game. Let's see what happens. Ah, boy, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, Let's go to Kentucky, Vanderbilt at Kentucky. Kentucky finally got a win. It's been a long time since you can say that about Kentucky. But I look at a team like Vanderbilt, and I'm pretty much just talking about this because of Kentucky. Um, this should be an easy no, win for no, them. But no Scotty Pippen Jr. love? No, I, I don't. Right? Isn't this an easy win for them? Or you don't – I just feel like I don't know what kind of team you're getting. I, I think that there is so much um, – so many questions about Kentucky, so many questions about um, the job that Coach Cal has in front of him this year. He got ejected in his last game, um, and they struggled in that one. I think they won late in double overtime against Mississippi State, but a lot of questions still to be answered there um, for the Cats. And I think Vanderbilt, I don't have their record in front of me, but this has been an interesting team this year. Like I said, they have Scottie Pippen Jr., who's done a pretty good job in the guard spot. It's been a competitive Vanderbilt team, and I think this is still going to be a competitive game um, and not necessarily a walk in the park for a struggling Kentucky team. Scottie Pippen Jr. averaging 22.6 points per game, 50, 45% field goal percentage. ESPN's Basketball Power Index says Kentucky wins uh, 73.8% chance of winning. That game is on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Kentucky Wildcats, I just can't believe they're 2-6 and six on the season, but 1-0 and oh in the conference. Yep. One and Tennessee, Tennessee just lost to Alabama at home. So, you know, the conference is still open. Yeah, you never know. Vanderbilt's last five, they lost to Florida 91-72. So they're basically two and three in their last five. And Kentucky's one and four in their last five. Um, but they, you know, Vanderbilt lost to Richmond, beat, I don't even know who RAD is. Radford. Oh, Radford. yeah, I did have it right. Okay, Radford. I was like, I was going to say Raffer. I was like, that doesn't look like that's their logo. But, I mean, I guess in my mind, I, I look at Vanderbilt's schedule and I look at Kentucky's. Obviously, Kentucky has played a harder schedule than Vanderbilt. Both lost um, to Richmond. So, yeah, so that'll be interesting. And tonight, it, another great game in the Big Ten, Indiana at Maryland. Maryland, five-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Take the Terps. Take the Terps. Uh, are you taking Pittsburgh at Syracuse last last no. game? No, no. without uh, they play. Champagne, they play I'll, I'll call. I'll call him by his regular name now. Without Champagne, they no play Champagne. Wednesday. I think 
Yep. Um, I was on the ACC conference call with Coach Capel this morning. They're going to be down another two scholarship players, maybe a third due to uh, contact tracing. I think that there was some sort of positive test in the athletic department or in the women's basketball team that led to uh, the postponement of the Notre Dame game this past weekend. Um, it doesn't look like a favorable matchup for Pitt. Uh, coming off a little bit of a layoff here. They haven't played since the 22nd. Um, they're going to be going to the Carrier Dome to take on Syracuse in the 2-3 zone. Not necessarily a favorable matchup for them without Champagny, without whatever two uh, players are out as well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. At Syracuse, Wednesday, that's a... Uh... That's going to be a tough game. I hope weather. the weather also is one of those things where it's like, you know, that that can't be easy to deal with. In my mind, uh, in terms of traveling up there, uh, that game is at 430 on the ACC network. Syracuse has a 79.6% chance of or percentage power index to win that game based on the matchup predictor from ESPN as well. My biggest concern right now is we're playing games and we're seeing we're starting to see COVID affecting basketball a lot more now. And I feel like at the same time, Bo, let me know what you think. I feel like I'm less concerned about it. We have reached a point in dealing with these COVID cases in sports, at, at least, where it's just par for the course. Okay, yep, we're missing a couple of players. Okay, well, the game will just be what it's going to be. There's no longer a discussion of should we be playing these games anymore. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, this is this is you know to take a Tomlinism here. The standard is the standard. This is the standard now. This is what we're used to, or, I mean, this is what you have to do. You know, look, Pitt loses two games. They're supposed to travel to Duke. They're on the bus to go to the airport. They don't even reach the highway before they have to turn around and come back. Their game against uh, Notre Dame, a winnable game at home for them in the ACC, gets postponed. Nobody even knows when those games are going to be made up. Nobody knows, you know, if they're going to get a chance to play those two t- two games Again, before March, before the ACC tournament, this is the standard now. You have to get in the games you can. The Syracuse and Pittsburgh um, athletic departments and medical departments were in communication. They said, look, you're going to have enough players to play this game. You're going to have enough scholarship players available. Yep, cool, let's go. Quick flight, quick bus up to Syracuse. It's a short trip-ish comparatively to some other destinations in the ACC, like maybe a Tallahassee. Um, but this is this is just what you have to do. I think it's out of a, it's out of the coach's control at this point. Thanks, Bo. Appreciate it. Pittsburgh five and two on the season, one and one in the conference. Syracuse six and one, one and zero oh in the conference. Both teams in their last five are four and one. Most recently, though, Pitt lost to Louisville in their last game. They played December twenty second. And, uh, yeah, Syracuse hasn't lost a game since December 8th. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA. BetMGM is a new online sportsbook that has taken over the online betting nation. Not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds on all the major sports, but they also offer some of the industry's strongest weekly promos. 
This week at BetMGM, you can get a free $20 in-play wager when you bet $50 or more on any live NFL game. And we're in the playoffs, y'all. It's going to be a lot of action Saturday and Sunday. Or you can get up to $100 in free bets in the free-to-play Pick 3 First Touchdown NFL Challenge. And as always, you'll get a $10 free bet in the Money Monday Club. But that's not all. Right now, BetMGM has a special signing bonus for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM and use the code JUSTSPORT20 to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $500. That's right. Just enter code JUSTSPORT20 and up to $500 bonus bankroll is yours. You must be 21 over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So I've been looking at what's going on in the NBA. And I thought of, okay, am I at a loss for what this season is going to be? Because let's start from the most recent thing that came up. So I'm on Twitter. And people are starting to roast Steph Curry. It's just like, wait, what? What? Wait, why are we roasting Steph Curry? I just don't understand what he did in in many ways wrong to say Steph Curry. Oh, he was only good because he had Clay Thompson. And then he goes out last night and not only puts up 62 points on the Portland Trailblazers, but that was with C.J. McCollum and the one and only Dalla Dame guarding him on the other side. Dalla Dame, who claims Oakland, who the O on his jersey is not the number zero, but the O for Oakland. Steph Curry put up 62 points. Steph Curry isn't going anywhere. Steph Curry will be a Hall of Famer. He is an all-NBA player. And if nothing else, my man is trying to show that I'm back. He's the second leading scorer in the NBA right now behind James Harden at 37 points per game. Bradley Beal's third at 30. You got Kevin Durant and Trey Young. Fourth and fifth at 28.2 points per game. Steph Curry is an amazing talent. Now, we'll say defensively, you'd like to think, well, it should be easy to guard if you have a bigger point guard who can play defense on him, but he's so quick and wiry and can squeeze in between picks. His dribbling is, in my mind, Right up there, one, two, he and Kyrie Irving. He and Kyrie Irving are one, two. Maybe one, one A. If I had to pick between what point guard I want on my roster, I pick Steph Curry over Kyrie Irving. I would take Steph Curry. But I think in my early observations and then on Twitter yesterday, I was like, man, how are they dogging Steph Curry? And Steph Curry answered you. He answered you. Anyone who was doubting Steph Curry, he showed you why you should not be doubting him. 
Now, on the other side, the Washington Wizards, oh, my. Now, I, okay, so let's start here. Yes, they beat the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. I am concerned about the Brooklyn Nets. It's early. They're learning to play together. You know, they have a new head coach in Steve Nash. But to think that right now the Nets are three and four after, didn't they start the season three and oh? So they've lost two in a row. Sorry, they didn't. They started season two and oh. Then they lost to Charlotte. But to see them at three and four, I thought they would be better. I thought they would be better. And the thing that came to mind for me is I wonder if they are too small. I wonder if they are too small. Yes, they got DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, maybe he's not the best defensive player. He's not going to be a formidable force on defense. And then I think uh, Jared Allen's too skinny. I think he's too small. And thus, I think the Nets are too small. Towards the end of that game, the way that Thomas Bryant in was able to grab a defensive and then an offensive, oh, excuse me, an offensive rebound to help the Wizards get the lead. And then on the defense, control the boards after Kyrie Irving missed a, uh, an open step back three. And then uh, I think then... Uh, Kevin Durant had a jumper, kind of wide open that he should have made, but he missed. But I just watched the end of that game, the way it played out. That was the first thought I had was the Nets are too small. They need to be a little bigger. It's only one game. It's early in the season, I know. But these are what? Early season observations. That's all they are. Jason Tatum. He's amazing. Well, he's already got two game winners. Only seven games, Jason Tatum's already got two game winners. He is the protege of one Bradley Beal. And dare I say it, he's better than Bradley Beal. In terms of his ability to put the team on his back. Now, maybe, you know, it's unfair to say that because maybe you could say, well, the Wizards haven't had an op a position where you needed to have Bradley Beal take the game-winning shot and you could say okay jason tatum one of them was i call bank on a three that was a game winner but are we nitpicking maybe i'm the one nitpicking i'm the one who brought it up but i like jason tatum in terms of teams that i think are rolling the 76ers at five and one they've won three in a row they have a point differential of plus eight the Nets point differential is plus 4.6 but i like what i'm seeing from coach doc rivers and what he's doing with philadelphia so far the lakers are rolling of course once again how could he not I think you are forever going to have 
Paul George is going to always answer questions about whether he is good or not, whether he was he is a top talent, and whether he is really riding now, riding on the coattails of Kawhi Leonard. But unfortunately, I think that you are always going to hear people question Paul George. It's just going to be a thing. It's a thing. But yet, if you look at the standings, you got Clippers, Suns, that's a surprise, and Lakers all right there, five and two. Clippers crushed the Suns. Ah, maybe crush. Crush is too tough. Crush is too tough of a word. But I feel like in many ways, it was a statement game that needed to be made by the Clippers to say, hey, we're still a top talent. Paul George puts up 39 points. 39 points. That's a lot. That's a lot. Overall, my biggest surprise in the Eastern Conference, the Raptors, how bad the Raptors are. Never thought we would see the Raptors, the Tampa Bay Raptors, which I want to give them some benefit of the doubt because of the fact that they're not able to really go home at all. They're one and four on the season. And the Cavs winning. They're four and two on the season. There's even rumors that the Cavaliers should try to go and get James Harden. How crazy is that? In the Western Conference, I think I look at the Denver Nuggets at two and four, despite the fact that we want to talk about Nikola Jokic having multiple triple doubles this early in the season. But them being two and four, they're stumbling out of the gate. And the Pelicans with the Van Gundy as the head coach, they're four and two. They're four and two. So then, of course, I want to go into the, the, the futures for the NBA this early in the season. You can still get the Pelicans at plus 450 because I tell you what, the Mavericks, they're all right, but they're two and four. I know you didn't expect them to be two and four. So you can grab the Pelicans at plus 450 there. You can grab the Pacers because the Bucks. What's happening with the Bucks? I think the Bucks will bounce back. I mean, they're only three and three, but the Pacers are four and two. But if you wanted to, you can get that at plus 800. Sixers plus 275 to be the Atlantic Division winner. You better grab that now because I think the way the Nets are playing. You know, that might be more neck and neck very soon. Southeast Division, you can get the Hawks at plus 300, the Magic at plus 550, Wizards at plus 1600. Yeah, we know that's not happening. Now, you can get the Central Division winner for the Cavs. If you want a real flyer, you can get them at plus 10,000. You better grab them now because if they do find a way to get Harden, oh boy. Oh, boy, you better watch out. You better watch out. I know it's only a rumor. But if they somehow magically get James Harden to come there and turn that franchise around and say that the East is wide open, why not? Why not? Okay. 
I'm going to end it there. I'm going to end it there. We've had a great show so far. Devil's Advocate. And this leads into kind of what I was talking about with James Harden. Why, if you're a player of James Harden's magnitude, do you have to go to a winner? Why not say, fine, put me on whatever team. I'm going to make him a winner. Right? And the team I think about, one, you talk about Milwaukee and the fact that, you know, Giannis decided to stay with the Bucks, and he's made them into a winner. But this is more thinking, of, thinking about somebody like a James Harden who's saying, well, no, no, I don't. I got to go to a contender. But if you can do what LeBron James did with the Cleveland Cavaliers, not the Heat, but he went back to Cleveland, his home, which of course plays into it as well. But he went to a team that at what? I think at the time they would lost like 40 games. 40 games below 500. Before he went back to Cleveland, turned them around, they won a championship. Two years later. If you're... Uh, a top talent of a James Harden's caliber, especially if you see a young team like a Cleveland Cavaliers, but with some good pieces in Andre Drummond, in a good young point guard in Sexton. Now, maybe you could say, but then he's going to make this, you know, Sexton will regress a little bit. But I just think of a player, you know, because your money's guaranteed. So why not find a way to challenge yourself and say, let me go to a team like Cleveland. Let me help turn them around. Now, if you want to say, well, I don't like the city. Or you're trying to find a particular city that you would like to go to. Okay, I get that. I'm arguing the point more for, I think if you were smart, or not so much if you were if you were smart, but you could think about going to a bad team and turning them around. And again, taking that team futures bet, division winner, and not in a futures bet like for the player to bet on them, but to say, you know what? I'll take it. I'm going to go to Cleveland and I'm going to try to turn them into a winner. So I hope if those rumors are out there for a James Harden and the Cavs are not thought of as a team that could win the division or the conference for that matter, in the Eastern Conference, they are plus 15,000. But if you get a player, like a James Harden on that team, watch out. Who knows what they can do with that roster? Who knows what they can do with that roster? And it's not that bad. It's not that bad. As I mentioned, you've got 
Andre Drummond already. Darius Garland is a a young backup point guard. Some they're going. Somebody's going to have to leave this team. I know I'm reading off these players as if they're all going to be on the team, which isn't going to be true. But you've got Kevin Love, JaVale McGee, Larry Nance Jr., Isaac Okoro, Seti Osman, Colin Sexton I mentioned already. It would take a lot. I feel like if you had to do the the trade tracker, Kevin Love's going to have to go. He's the first one. But if you get Kevin Love and Larry Nance out of there, that's already $42 million. Maybe you throw in the Seti Osman, and then all of a sudden it matches up. And then you got James Harden. But then you look at that team, and it's like, okay, well, what did I give up? What did I give up? And that's where I would say, okay, maybe there's an opportunity there. All right, sports you don't care about. So my question is, when I think of the sports I don't care about, I want to know, or sports you don't care about, rather, do you care about the NHL? The NHL was set to return. They're trying to work out a schedule that works for COVID um, protocols. You've got multiple teams in Canada that now you either have to send some American teams up there to play. Who knows? In my mind, I'm really more just asking the questions, do you care about the NHL starting? I've seen, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of commercials where they're saying, "Oh, we're coming back," and that's exciting. And Bo said there's some really great early odds on uh, NHL games. And some futures for, as Bo talked about, players' futures. I don't see it on here, on DraftKings. You see it, Bo? Oh, is it there? There it is. Stanley Cup champion, players' futures. There it is, a rocket. Is that the one we're talking about, right? The Rocket? Alex Ovechkin, plus 600. How can you bet against Alex Ovechkin right now? I mean, he's won it, you know, I don't remember off the top of my head, but like three of the last four years. Yeah. Top scorer in the league. Take it. How are you seeing that? And I don't see it on here. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. That's an early pick you can take right there. Alex Ovechkin to get the Rocket Trophy. Best goaltender? I don't know. If I'm looking for a long shot, Carey Price at 1500 Hockey has some of the best names, by the way. I just love their names. 
Are you excited about the hockey season, Bo? Yeah, I think I am. I mean, I'm I'm a casual fan, right? I'm not a diehard watch every game, but I'll follow along. It's fun. Yeah. I'll tell you a great story. I didn't plan to do story time, but the Wizards were in the playoffs and playing at Toronto, at Toronto. And the hotel we were staying in, we I was going out, I think I was going out to get some lunch. This was after after shoot around. We get back to the hotel. Everybody kind of scatters, goes into their rooms. And as I'm walking, I think I'm walking out of a hotel, whatever it was, there was this big circle around a shorter, I'm just going to say shorter white person. Didn't know who he was, but there were all of these cameras around him. And I asked one of the people at the hotel, I was like, who is that? Is that like a movie star or whatever? And they were like, oh, no, that's Connor McDavid. He's staying at the hotel. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, he could be the potential number one draft pick. And he was from Toronto. And if I remember this correctly, which really made me sad, is that we then went to a bar, which I remember, I feel like I have this right, that the NHL draft was around the same, or the draft uh, lottery was during the NBA playoffs. And Toronto was hoping to get the number one pick. And this bar was packed. It was packed. And then they didn't get the number one pick and Edmonton got it. And I'd never seen a bar clear out faster. And it was just like, oh, okay, we're not getting Connor McDavid. And I just, I wanted to yell at to the people in the bar how sad I was for them at the thought of Connor McDavid was literally a block away from them, and they probably didn't even know it. And they're all sitting here, Toronto fan, Maple Leafs fans, and they were just so sad. And like the sigh in the bar was just like, ugh. And they knew that the rest is history for Edmonton. And yet here we are right now looking at the Hart Memorial Trophy. Plus 450, Connor McDavid is the odds-on favorite to get it. I'll buy that for a dollar. Connor McDavid. That's my Connor McDavid story. All right, trivia, Bo. We're about to end the show. Here we go. Who was the first person to circle the globe by bicycle? Well, I know that's a tough one for you, Bo. Well, I know it wasn't me. <laughs> first person to circle um, the globe by bicycle peewee was what what his name peewee reese the guy with the the old timey bike <laughs> possibly uh no it was thomas stevens of burkhamstead england circled the globe by bicycle from april 1884 through december 1886 with a large wheeled Penny farthing bicycle purchased yeah. in Chicago. Stevens began his quest in San Francisco on April 22nd, 1880 in San Francisco on April 22nd, 1884 and reached Boston on August 4th. After passing the winter in New York, he took a boat to England. He traveled oh, he, through Europe by way of France. Count. Huh? He took a boat. Doesn't count. He, took, he doesn't count. It doesn't count. Because then, because I, I was going to ask, like, what was his route? How do you how do you bike around the world? He went through 
France, Germany, Austria, Hungary, Bulgaria, and Turkey, after being denied access to Russia, mm. was he? They thought he was a spy. What? Stephen trekked across Asia through India, China, and Japan. The final leg of the trip was on a steamer from Yokohama to San Francisco. So I guess you either you the whole time on the steamer, you you must right. I, I would assume so. I, that's the only way I would accept this as a. You know, he had the very early Peloton bike, and he would just be on his Peloton on the boat. That's what he would do. So I think I just – I actually have a connection to Peloton. Shout out to Peloton. Um, I Maybe they don't want to be acknowledged, so I won't bring it up on the show. But I think they should take this trivia question and make a commercial about that was a first Peloton bike just for fun, a what-if kind of commercial. Okay. Who knows? All right, there's your show. All right, Bo. Listen, as we all say, we do this for your viewing and betting pleasure. I hope I did one of two, if not both. If not both. I entertained you, hopefully. And of course, as you know, all of your, the questions to all of, the answers to all of your questions, is if I can get it right, is money. And we hope that by this show and everything we do on the Props Network, you make some money. All right, that's it for the show. We'll be back Thursday. We'll go over the individual games and give our picks for the NFL playoffs. We'll look more at the NBA and some of the futures for uh, player futures this time because I've got a new a new favorite for Rookie of the Year that we'll get into as well. And sports you don't care about, it'll probably still be the NHL. No, we'll, we'll do something else. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for watching on the live stream, Twitch, Facebook, uh, and uh, YouTube. Uh, and if you listen to a podcast, please leave a review and share it. Ciao for now.